This morning, I want to talk to you, if you have a hard Bible or a paper Bible, a hard Bible, paper Bible, uh, I'm going to read my first scripture out of the Amplified Version. So that might not help you, but still go there anyhow, because it's close enough. We're going to Matthew 13, and we're going to read verses 10 through 16. And I'm just going to lay a slight little bit of groundwork before I start speaking, because we're going to talk about it even going throughout what I have, what I feel has been placed on my heart for all of you. And uh, if you have an electronic version, it's obviously easy to look at the Amplified, but we're going to read the rest of our verses this morning, of the few that we have out of the NIV. And I just looked up, and I see Alice Camber here with us too. Hi, Alice. How are you? It's so good to see you back. She's been off with surgery, and she's back in the house, so that's good. All right, Matthew 13. First of all, I have to say this. Do you know, do you believe, do you trust that you are favored? As a believer, you are favored. And if you don't believe that, listen to this and start getting this in your heart, because those of us that have called Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we've asked him to be in charge of our lives, in control of our lives. We have favor. And let's read about it. At at the beginning of chapter 13 here, before this, what I'm going to read, Jesus was teaching about the parable of the uh, the, um, soils, the four different types of soils that there were for where seed would land, from very hard to the soil that is all cultivated and the seed was able to get in and what God can do when the seed gets in. And then we have the other two in between. And I'm not gonna read those because of just time and everything, but, and I believe that probably, unless you're brand new to this, and if you are brand new to this, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating. And we wanna have an opportunity for you to pray here at the end. But Matthew 13 Verse 10 says it this way out of the Amplified Bible. Then the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the crowds in parables? And Jesus replied to them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Verse 12, for whoever has spiritual wisdom because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given, and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. But whoever does not have spiritual wisdom, because he has, listen to this word, devalued God's word, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is the reason that I speak to the crowds in parables, because while having the power of seeing, they do not see. And while having the power of hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand and grasp, listen to this, spiritual things. In them, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will hear and keep on hearing, but never understand. And you will look and keep on looking, but never comprehend. For this nation's heart has grown hard. And with their ears, they hardly hear and they have tightly closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart 
and turn to me and I would heal them spiritually. But blessed, spiritually aware and favored by God are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Is there some favor in that? Absolutely. And we want to talk about that just a little bit here because I, I just want to really reemphasize before I move on this idea of spiritual wisdom. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit for weeks now and living this spirit-filled life. And that is ongoing thing. It shouldn't be that we just preach about it for a few weeks. Or This is a daily thing. Being in the Spirit has to be a daily thing. Being filled with the Spirit is one of those things that we have to do on a daily basis. We have to ask him for it. We have to go to him. We have to follow him. We have to read his word. We have to do all this. It has to be a daily thing. And when you do that, it says here, your spiritual wisdom will be more receptive to God's word. <coughs> Excuse me. But for those that don't continue to do that on a regular basis, spiritual wisdom isn't going to come the same way because we've devalued God's word. Man, do a heart check there. Do a heart check there. See, Jesus began to speak in parables as we read, at least here in the book of Matthew. It starts in chapter 13. It was a very marked change in the way that he taught. Prior to this chapter uh, of Matthew 13, he taught a more direct, authoritative type of teaching much more authoritative and, and training and, and, and that type of teaching. But then we get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what Matthew 7, 28 and 29 says. It says, when Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. See, the teachers of the law we're just trying to check off boxes. That would be my way of saying it. They were just trying to make sure everybody was doing what, what the law said. Make sure you do it. If you didn't, then we're going to slap you on the back of the hand, get the ruler out, that type of thing. We're going to make sure that you do all this. There wasn't any heart behind it. It was all duty. But then Jesus showed up, and he began to teach with an authority, but such a passion for the word and for who God is in our lives, and Jesus is teaching his followers or those that were just beginning to follow him. And then he said here in, in this book, at least in Matthew 13, the disciples got, got away with him. They got alone with him. Why do you teach like this? This figurative, more figurative. A lot of times it was very uh, agricultural, and the way that it was, because they understood that in that day and age. And a, and a parable doesn't mean that somebody can't understand what's being taught. But then there's that spiritual element. And let's face it, we all say we're body, soul, and spirit, right? I, I believe that with all my heart. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I think you're more just body and soul at that point, because your spirit has not been made alive yet. I believe that with all my heart. And so here he was teaching these spiritual things, but their ears were deaf to it because their spirit had not become alive yet. 
So let me say to this group of people here in 2022 that a commitment to Jesus Christ is the prerequisite for true understanding of the parables that Jesus taught. Without a true commitment to Jesus Christ, they're not gonna make a whole lot of sense because we're gonna miss the whole spiritual element of the teaching. So as he's explaining this in chapter 13, he he goes all the way back to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 9, and 10. That was really God's prophetic judgment on an unbelieving world. You'll have eyes to see, but you won't see. You'll have ears to hear, but you're not really hearing. We don't want to be those types of people. We want to be the type of people that when we hear it, when we see it, we understand it. And that spiritual eye that we have, that spiritual ear that we have, comes so alive in us that we just get filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that it just charges us up. And it's like, wow, the whole new revelation when the Holy Spirit's involved with it. They are analogies that help believers understand the kingdom more clearly, but they are simultaneously separating an unbelieving world. It's, it's, it's really almost in a way paradoxical. It's really a challenge. It's really a deep, deep thing when you begin to look at this. See, to hear or to see and to hear are, are incredibly complex actions that you and I go through all the time if we see and if we hear. Especially when our brain gets involved. So today, I just want to talk a little bit. I want to be very elementary, and I'm just going to look at hearing because I think I got it a little bit better in my head than vision. I think vision is really complex, right? Let's face it. Is hearing a miracle of God? I think it is. Listen to this. I think it's an absolute miracle. To see and hear, or, or hearing is a great everyday miracle that we, I think, all take for granted. And those that do help us with our deaf ministry, and today it's not happening because we don't have any deaf person there. I want to thank those that do our deaf ministry because they're speaking a whole new language down there, right, to the people that can't hear. But these sound waves come in. They come in our outer ear. And they turn into our auditory canal. And, and then it, the sound begins, if I, like I say, it's very elementary, begin to strike at the eardrum. And right behind the eardrum, there are the three smallest bones in our body. The hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. Do you all know that? Yeah, I know you know that. Could you have got it on a quiz? <laughs> I couldn't either. Um, and then they do their work, and then with the vibration and all this other stuff, they begin to work on this. When I was looking at the, the graph that I was looking at, it's kind of like it's a small, and it almost kind of looks like a snail-shaped. Uh, it's fluid-filled structure called the cochlea, or the cochlea. And the cochlea has small little hair-like nerve endings that move and detect sound waves. And then our amazing body, our amazing brain, begins to translate these different sound waves into an understanding of what it is, like language. 
it's absolutely amazing to think all that. And not only are you hearing my voice right now, you may be hearing somebody opening up a candy down the row from you. <laughs> you know, they're going on that foil forever. Or you might be hearing a unit from our HVAC doing something or the, you know, it's amazing how many things are going on and all of this stuff that's vibrating and pounding, whatever doing that's doing, and our ear through these sensitive nerves and everything, we're hearing all this and we're identifying it. It's to me, it kind of gets me excited, but you could pull up and, and a car mechanic, I have a really good car mechanic, and he could say, just do this or just do that and let me listen. And he could tell me, I know what's wrong with your car. Or uh, for, for uh, another example might be like a uh, appliance repair, like a washer or a dryer. We had a gentleman come in. Oh, as soon as he heard it, I know what that is. You know, you need this belt or you need that. And, or a heart doctor can hear a type of heartbeat and know that there's something on. Or a lung doctor can hear something. In the body, they can take these stethoscopes and they can do different things and they can listen. And they can begin to identify. Isn't that amazing? This amazing thing that we have is just in sound, and we haven't even got to the eyesight yet. And we're not going to today because of time. But I'm going to tell you a story that I heard. This is a number of years ago that I heard. And there was a gentleman who was on business, and he was in Russia. And while he was in Russia, he was able to go to Red Square. And while he was in Red Square, there was people everywhere. But he went on business, and he was an English-speaking man. He didn't speak a bit of Russian. So everything that he heard was just chaotic noise. It was just noise. There wasn't anything to really direct him or anything like that until all of a sudden he heard some English. And as soon as he heard the English, boom, he turned, and it just drew all of his attention because he began to hear something that was familiar, something that he knew, something that he heard that he would have trained his ear to hear. Or his ear was trained to hear that. Have you ever traveled, been in a different country? And you see these families communicating and you're watching these little ones run around, but they're communicating with their family and you don't have a clue what they're saying? Oh, yeah. When we were in Mexico, dummy me didn't learn Mexi or, uh, Spanish. Mexican. How bad is that? I'm sorry. I didn't learn Spanish the way that I should have. And, you know, besides the, the greeting and this, and then when you start to talk to them and you do greet them in, uh, you know, a little bit of their language, and they take off 100 miles an hour, and you're like, whoa, whoa, stop. But all they're little is because that's what they're being trained in. That's what they're hearing. Their ear is being trained. Their heart is involved, and they're hearing this, and they're beginning to hear what is being said. See, we may not hear it, but there are all kinds of different listening waves, too. You know, we hear sound waves. So does other mammals and stuff, I understand. But, you know, dogs can hear a pitch way higher than we can, right? Or at least that's what we're told. I was reading something that said whales and dolphins and some other creatures in the sea can hear way, sounds through the water from, they said, a hundred miles away. I don't know how they figure that out. But I'm not an authority on it. And we got TV signals, radio signals, cell phones, and Wi-Fi, and GPS, and Bluetooth, and all these different things that are sending signals all over the place. 
Even our own microwaves have their signals, right? So as I'm thinking about this and this ear and this amazing thing, I was reading something the other day as I was studying this and looking at it, and I found it interesting when I heard about, now there's a pun there that was intended, I heard about the quietest place in the USA. Do you know it? Does anybody know the place Green Bank, West Virginia? I had never heard of it either. The quietest electronic area in the United States of America. Population, 182 people. Population, 182 that do not have cell phones, do not have Wi-Fi. Sounds kind of good, doesn't it? (laughs) At least for a short little time. But it's been called the quietest area in the U.S. because they have what they call the Green Bank Observatory Telescope there. And it has to work in a quiet zone. Do you know that our government has established 13,000 square miles to prevent any type of radio wave interference? 13,000 square miles. If you go in and you go in with some of your devices, you can be stopped, you can be ticketed. I'm sure there's plenty of signs to warn people, I, I would assume. But they have an instrument, they have a, whatever this instrument allows them to hear. It's larger than a football field, they said. And it can listen out into outer space for millions of miles. That's what we can do. That's what humans were able to build. Isn't that just remarkable? But as I'm thinking about it, it's like, We got the king of kings. We got the Lord of lords. We got his word in front of us. We could be hearing from thousands of years ago when it was taught that is still just as fresh and relevant today for our lives because to hear, to be able to hear in the distance, just like they have to do with his observatory, they got to get stuff out of their way. They got to get all these radio sound waves, all these different waves out of their way so that they can project and they can hear. Just like I think every one of us need to start learning to do and get rid of all of the things that begin to start taking our ears and making them listen to so many things when we need to be hearing God very clearly. Can we find time to be alone with God? Can we take time to be alone and listen to him? Let his Holy Spirit do some work inside of us. Romans 10, verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. That's such a great scripture. Your faith will continue to be built when you're letting that word get inside of us. And I am not calling judgment on anyone here other than myself, but when we continue to hear gossip, do we stop it? Do we stop our own tongues from saying, I I actually caught myself the other day, said, I gotta stop because I'm starting to move into a place of gossip. And I had to quit talking about it. We have all these crazy talking heads 
radio, TV, wherever it is. And I don't care if it's political. I don't care if it's comedic. I don't care what it is. Problem is, I think sometimes we begin to tune in and hear so much more of that, and we begin to take that as an authority. My, my wife came home, I don't know, at some point. She goes and she does home care, and she was in a house. And she said she was trying to work with a, with a patient in their own home, and it's very delicate because you're in their home, but she said, and forgive me if I step on any toes here, but I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> I don't know if this is the word, but I, she asked him finally, like, can you turn that TV off? It was, I think, called The View. <laughs> okay. So a lot of you may have the same opinion I have. What I find amazing is how many people will take that as an authority when you got a bunch of people sitting around a table offering their view on things. And it becomes like, oh yeah, well, this is what I heard. And this is, which not only is it more into the gossip side of it, it's just an opinion. Well, let's get our ears so tuned into what the Lord is having to say for us that, that we tune into that way more and then we can hear the rubbish when there's rubbish and we can hear the voice of God when he's speaking to us saying, this is what I need to hear. <laughs> Write this down if you're taking any notes. I, I, if you are, it is our own responsibility to, prayer, to prepare our heart to receive God's truth. It's your responsibility, it's my responsibility to prepare myself to hear God's truth. I consider this a tremendous privilege to be able to do what I'm able to do and I have been working the last number of weeks trying to prepare my ear to hear what I believe that the Lord was saying to my heart to be able to come here. But if you're coming in expecting me to get your heart prepared for you to hear what the word is going to say, you're at a great disadvantage. Because I am not that good of an order. And you know what? There are those that are phenomenal orders. And they can help us in great ways. But there's nothing like the Holy Spirit that will speak into you, that will talk to you, that will direct you, that will help you understand and hear what his word is saying to you. If you're saying, Lord, prepare my heart before I even open your word today, before I even, maybe even turn on a podcast today, however you might get some of that, even if it's reading the word to you, whatever it is, Lord, prepare my heart for what you have for me to hear this day. As I was preparing, and I'll make this brief, I couldn't help but think of Eli and his sons. Back in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 2. Let me just read the scripture because it'll speak more than my words will at this point. Now, 1 Samuel 2, 22 through 25. All right, I'll give you a second to turn there. I heard some pages moving. 1 Samuel 2, 22 to 25. Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. I don't think I've ever met a Hophni or a Phinehas personally. And I think I might know why. Now, Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the woman who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. 
Really blows my mind right there. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, listen to this. His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's will to put them to death. That's, that's something. But you know what? They were of this Levitical tribe. They were of this place where they were working in the temple. Their father was the high priest at Shiloh at this time. And they were working with him. They were kind of his associates, if you will, the associate pastors of the time. Their dad came to them. They didn't listen to him. How about their preacher came to them? Nah, they didn't listen. The priest of the temple came to them. Nah, we're not going to listen to that. Boy, that's some hard, hard hearts. And as they refused to listen and continued to do their own thing, God basically said, you're gonna, you're gonna die prematurely because I cannot have that operating in my house. How sad would it be to be raised with your priest or with your preacher and be in that home or any home for that matter and, and know God, know about God, but never truly come to know who he really is. You could say, if you will, in the old English vernacular, they knew not the Lord. And just because you're in an environment on a regular basis does not necessarily mean you're hearing. Folks, I'm just here to tell you, it takes a lot of personal work. You have to do it on your own. It is our responsibility to prepare our heart to receive God's truth. It's, it's our responsibility to do that. Because he said if we will, if we will take that responsibility, if we will make that commitment to Jesus, I'm gonna give you benefits that nobody else has. Because I'm gonna speak into your ear. I'm gonna give you things to see that you will not only see physically, but you will see in a spiritual matter. That's a Holy Spirit-filled life. And that excites me. It's our responsibility to prepare our own heart to receive God's word, to, to have the truth speak into our lives. Because yes, there is still truth today in this world. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before you right now. Lord, I thank you for being able to be in this house, to be in a place where, Lord God, we still talk about your word. We still call upon you. We still ask you to do a work in each and every one of our lives, each and every one of our hearts. Lord, do a work so deep down inside of us that, Lord God, when we do sit down, when we do take time, to pray, when we take time to read your word, when we take time to get together with our friends that are 
fellow believers that, Lord God, we keep you at the center of it all, that we prepare ourselves for what you can do. And then, Lord, when we have a chance to go out and meet somebody that maybe doesn't believe the same way that we do, that has not made the Lord the ruler and the king of their lives, that we can speak to them compassionately and carefully and lovingly and help share what great news we have in our lives that they can participate in that too. I ask that all in your precious and your mighty name. Amen. Now, I have one thing that I'm gonna ask you to do with me. And I just feel that we have to do this at this time. I don't know everybody in here, and I, I do believe that this is a church that's full of believers, but I also do believe that there are those that can come in and searching. And if you're one of those that's coming in and you're searching, I just want you to know that you've got a Lord that absolutely loves you, loves you, crazy loves you, and wants you to be in a right relationship with him for all, as our scripture tells us, all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. There isn't one individual that's in here that has made the Lord the center of their life that hasn't had to go through this walk to admit that I am a sinner. I need a savior. And because, Lord, in your word, it says that you did all this for us. You died on a cross for us. You became that perfect sacrifice because there had to be a blood sacrifice, and he did that for us. We no longer had to slaughter animals. We no longer had to do all that. This perfect lamb gave his life, and his name is Jesus. And when we, we admit that we need a Savior, we believe that he's the one that did it, then he wants to come in, and he wants to be in our lives, and he wants to be there to help us. But we gotta make a commitment to him that we're gonna follow him, that we're gonna do that. So can you make this prayer with me real quick? And everyone in the house, will you just help me repeat it? Lord Jesus, I pray to you today that Father, if there's sin in my life, that I need it to be removed. And I believe that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice who died for my sins, and I am gonna believe in my heart that you are my Lord. And I'm gonna confess with my tongue that you have risen from the dead, and I want you to be my Lord. Thank you, Father, I praise you. Lord God, it's just about that easy to do that. But now the work begins because now we gotta commit to what we just said. We gotta commit to giving our lives to him. We've gotta walk with him every day. And I could not help but have this song. And I'm gonna just read the lyrics to you. You're gonna know what it is. And I just trust that this will maybe resonate in your heart as you leave today. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. How about... I come to the park this day while the dew is still on the backstop. I don't care where you're at, wherever you go. You can go to a park, you can go to a beautiful garden. But this just means I come to you, Lord. I'm coming to you. 
And the voice I hear falling on my ear is the Son of God begins to disclose to me. The Son of God discloses. And then it says, and he walks with me. And he talks with me and he tells me, I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Will you commit this week, maybe even this afternoon, because it's so, I know it's supposed to rain later. Get out of here and go enjoy the sunshine. Get to a place where you start talking to him. Get to a place, because as you're walking and talking to him, he's walking and talking with you. Can you sing this song with me? We're going to sing two of the verses with it. Would you stand up? For those of you that maybe have made a commitment to you very first time, we would really appreciate if you'd stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift for you, and we have people that would like to talk to you, and we have things that can help you continue to walk further in this relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to be this type of a church, that when you come in, that we grab you by the arm and we walk alongside of you and help you end your walk with Jesus Christ. All right, Heather, are you ready for this? Are you all ready for this? Okay. <laughs> Am I ready for this? <clears throat> I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. One more verse. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Can we do that one more time? And he with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other as ever known. Father, as we end this morning, thank you, Lord, for your presence that says in this house. Thank you for this people, Lord, the gift 
of God that we have all been blessed with. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just pray right now for each and every one as we go out into this week that, Lord God, we would continue to learn to walk and talk and be with you. And, Lord, allow you to speak into us. Lord, oh, renew our spirits, refresh in our spirits. Lord God, as we go out into this week, and, Lord, use us as your tool, Lord God. Use us like an like a, like a architect would use a tool, like any person in their specialty, Lord God, would use a tool to do the job that they do. Lord, use us like that. Lord, direct us. Put us in the path of the right people. Lord, let us be so full of your spirit that it just, oh, Lord God, that our cup will run over and flow to those that are around us. I pray it, I ask it, bless this congregation, Lord. And now as we walk out these doors, Lord, let us walk out with an expectation, with, an, with a spiritual ear to, Lord God, be used in a way that you would use us in this world that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it. Amen.